0: and Israel in places around us that we can rest assured that we come to a place like this and we can have victory and reassurance and peace in the name of Jesus. We started prayer, uh, you know, over 35 minutes ago and there was just a wonderful peace of God that fell upon this place for for all of us that were here. I'm just believing that that's continuing forward in Jesus' name and one word kind of continued to resound over and over again to me and that was the word victory. That we have victory in Jesus' name. That even if we mess things up, I understand we may have consequences. If I do something wrong at work, I expect a letter to go to my file for doing that thing wrong. But that doesn't mean that God isn't there to help me through that circumstance or push me forward in Jesus' name to have victory on the other side. I can still make it to heaven in Jesus' name. I can still have victory for my family and my household in Jesus' name. And so we can believe that there is victory in this place no matter what we have done wrong this week, no matter what sins we have committed, no matter what we have faced in Jesus' name. So I truly believe that God is letting that fall upon this place. And tonight's lesson will be nothing less than that to continue us forward in jesus name inside of that so if we can lift our hands let's just let that fall upon us in this place let's just let that reassurance of who god is become part of us tonight god we are so thankful lord and we have came here before you because we trust in your word and your promises god that you have said lord we will have peace god and we can have through your name, Jesus. I pray tonight that that would fall upon every person under the sound of my voice, God. Every person on the live stream, God. Every household that this word is going forward into, Jesus. There is victory for these apostolic people in the midst of your name tonight god we lift your name on high god for what you have given to us god and we are so thankful for your spirit and your presence that you have brought into this place god to heal and to mend god to move mountains and shape the atmosphere around us god it is through you and your strength god that that's happening here tonight in this place and jesus we believe this in your powerful name jesus name amen and amen let's just praise him one more time and thank him for how great he is hallelujah jesus praise your wonderful name god we give you glory and honor jesus for all that you are hallelujah 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 thank you jesus thank you jesus praise your wonderful name Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight in Jesus name if you would like to if you want to stand, I guess you can certainly do that as well, but we're just believing God for some wonderful things here tonight it uh, is is definitely good to be here in person. Um, I, I can't express how important it is sometimes to be in an atmosphere like this where we can feel the victory of God and the presence of God just flowing around us. I know we certainly can on the live stream, but there's there's just something that's different about that, uh, that when we're on the live stream, it just seems like, uh, you know, you, you're, you're distanced a little bit from from what's going on in an atmosphere like this. You can't see other people worshiping. You can't learn from other people, and us as, as, as human beings, God has created us to learn certain things from other people, uh, to see how to worship. I, I never knew how to worship until I came to an atmosphere like this and I saw you all worshiping. And so um, if I would have came to church online my very first time, I probably wouldn't have known how to raise my hands or how to pray or how to to do certain things. And it's not that we're just imitating one another to be robots inside of this place. We want to learn the way that God desires us to, to do certain things. Uh, and, and we only learn from one another, people who have experience in those areas, uh, in Jesus' name. So it's good to be here in an atmosphere like this, I'm thankful for you all being here. And uh, I believe this lesson tonight is just going to encourage you uh, beyond measure. So a couple things uh, on the the screen you can see up there. We have the men's meeting uh, this Saturday, the 16th. And uh, so if you are a man, you want to be a part Sunday. Sorry, I said Saturday. This Sunday, I'm on night shift, so y'all have to forgive me tonight if I don't know what day it is. Uh, Praise the Lord. But Sunday night, the 16th, Um, We will have the men's meeting here. So if you're a man, we are going through the book. I can't remember what chapters we're on currently, um, but we'll send that out in a text and and, and get that out to everybody. It's the next three chapters. So if you want to read ahead and then come back, you certainly can. It's good to go through that book multiple times. And then Pentecost Sunday will be the next Sunday after that. It's a holiday that we all love and celebrate. It should be just as exciting as Christmas and, and things around us. I mean, Jesus was born, but he came here to do something so that we could celebrate. This holiday of Pentecost Sunday. And this is a holiday that we want to celebrate. Uh, we want to celebrate it by being here at church and glorifying his name. So there will be a service that morning and that night. Uh, so if you can be here, uh, be a part of those services in Jesus' name, uh, it will definitely bless you. You, will, you, if you. If you want to see what it was like on the day of Pentecost thousands of years ago, then be here for that Sunday, and it will be just like that day uh, thousands of years later. So our God doesn't change. He's always alive and well. And then along with that, the youth service is now on the 28th. I think they had it on the 21st, um, but they have now moved it to the Friday, the 28th. And so um, if you have any young people, um, that's the night that they will want to be here. And that's at 645, not 530, uh, like the rest of these as well. So uh, definitely some good things coming up, some good things to be a part of in Jesus' name. And uh, we're just believing for every one of those to be a blessing to you in Jesus' name. Tonight, we are continuing our series on Thriving in Babylon. Does anybody remember the character that we spoke about last week? By chance. Anybody remember? (laughs) Daniel. There we go. It took a little while. The character of Daniel. Now, I know that you all are tired and you've came here from work tonight, and so we're going to do something to keep everybody alive and awake tonight and that is something called popcorn reading. So I don't know if you remember this from classes a few weeks ago or maybe in elementary school, but popcorn reading was one of the things that I hated as a kid, and so as a teacher, I can't believe that I'm bringing this forward to you, but I think it will keep everybody involved. There's uh, some scripture that we have to read through tonight and, and go through, and so we're gonna popcorn read this. So the way that popcorn reading works is you read your scripture, and then you choose the next person who is going to basically be the popcorn or have to read the scripture. Now, everybody in this room can play. Everybody is going to play. And so um, if you get chose, you will have to read the next scripture. So after you read your scripture, choose somebody else. They're going to read the next scripture and we'll just keep going. It'll keep everybody awake because nobody's going to know if they're going to get chosen or not. And if somebody's asleep, we're going to have to wake them up so that they can read the scripture uh, in Jesus' name. So we're talking tonight about being gifted for greatness, and Daniel, last week, we introduced him briefly as far as having a passion and a faith that caused him to stand uh, certain circumstances, that his nation of Judah had been captured by Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar was uh, raining on them quite heavy, and God told them that I am not going to deliver you from underneath his reign, but I want you to thrive underneath his kingdom. So even though it was evil, even though there were terrible things going on, they weren't delivered from the midst of that evil time. But in fact, they were told you need to thrive and you need to let God work through you in the midst of this city which you are established in. And so remember that tonight as we continue talking about Daniel and what he's doing here. He's doing these things out of obedience to God. Certainly he might have wanted to be free from the Bondage that he was in. And certainly, he probably wanted his people, his friends, to be free from the bondage that they were in underneath uh, this king Nebuchadnezzar. But God had told them, You have a time and a purpose, and I want to use you in this city. So continue to bear through it and continue to do what I have asked of you, if you remember that from last lesson. So tonight, we're going to talk about gifted for greatness. And every one of us in this room is gifted for greatness. And I hope you leave here tonight encouraged. With a passion for the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to start with the first scripture here, and Tom, I'm going to choose you to be the first reader. All right. Yes. yes. And the degree went, from, went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they saw Daniel and his was to be slain. Yes. And then you'll choose somebody. All right. There we Okay. There we go. Or Christy? Christy. <laughs> Christy. Yeah, that's Chrissy. <laughs> Chrissy. <color>. Yeah. <laughs> he answered and said unto Ariok, the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Ariok, I guess, made the thing known to Daniel. See, I have y'all do this because of these hard words in here. It helps me out. All right. Somebody else. Oh uh, Sister Jean. Okay. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would choose a team interpretation. All right, one more. Amen. And do you want to choose somebody for the next scripture? It's going to be a while from now, but I'll just have you choose them now. Okay. All right, Nicole, you'll be up next. It's a while away, so you can you can breathe breathe easy for the next few minutes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So Daniel, in this scripture, we're seeing that uh, he's being called upon to do something before King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, if you remember last week, we were talking about uh, Daniel coming before the king and and doing various things there. I'm not gonna go through all those details again tonight, but this scripture that we're talking about here tonight is actually before all of that began to happen. So keep that in mind as we're going through what is happening in this scripture. I'll start out with this introduction uh, here tonight. It says, born in 1874, Eric Wise uh, spent much of his life amazing people by escaping from locks, handcuffs, straitjackets, and sealed underwater-, in underwater chests. Better known as Harry Houdini, he also performed illusions like van- a vanishing elephant. In 1912, his act reached its pinnacle, the Chinese water torture cell, which would be the hallmark of his career. In it, Houdini was suspended by his feet, lowered upside down in a locked glass cabinet filled with water, requiring him to hold his breath for more than three minutes to escape. The performance was so daring and such a crowd-pleaser that it remained in his act until his death in 1926. Although he was alone as a magician or an illusionist, Harry rejected frauds like mediums and mind readers. He exposed the fairs of uh, se- se- seances. He and his wife agreed that if communication between the living and the dead were possible, whichever of them died first would contact the other from the grave using a code that they previously agreed upon. Harry died in 1926. In 1943, his wife declared that their experiment was a failure. She still hadn't heard from Harry, and though he performed amazing physical feats during his lifetime, Houdini stuck with what originally brought him his fame, tricks involving escape. As previously stated, he was not into tricks involving the mind or mind reading. If placed back in Daniel's day, Houdini would probably have made no effort to figure out Nebuchadnezzar's dream, much less to interpret it. So that brings us to this story tonight, and I'm going to go through this fairly briefly tonight just because uh, if, we, uh, if we belabor too much on this, then I think that we will uh, miss what we truly want to get into at the end of this lesson tonight in Jesus' name. So Nebuchadnezzar, in this scripture, he had a dream, and Nebuchadnezzar had this dream, He woke up in the morning, and like many of us, we wake up in the morning, and he could not remember the dream that he had had the previous night. If if you're like me, I never remember my dreams, and so I wake up the next morning, I'm like, you know, I had an awesome dream, but I can't remember what it actually was. Nebuchadnezzar had one of these dreams, and he was trying to figure out what this dream was, but he couldn't remember what this dream was about. However, he knew that his dream was important and it had a significance about what uh, needed to happen inside of his kingdom. And so we see here on the chart that he wanted his wise men to tell him the dream and its meaning. So he has this dream. He cannot remember this dream, yet he tells his wise men, I want you to tell me the interpretation of this dream. There's something about this dream that is important to our kingdom there's something important about this dream that's important to my life i need you all as my wise men to tell me what this dream means and so his men go about searching and seeking their their ways and and at this time you have to remember that these men that nebuchadnezzar was asking this of weren't men of god and they weren't people who were trying to serve the one true god but they were people who were sorcerers and involved in witchcraft and various other things at this particular time. And so he was going to these people to have them interpret his dream because he, up to this point, had been able to use their, their interpretations and things like that as maybe what the dream was benefit as. However, the men that came to him began to relay to him something. They just began to tell him, king, we can't interpret your dream if you if you don't remember your dream then there's no way we can figure out what your dream actually means and so he tells them he begins to get a little bit upset with this he tells them well I'm going to come down with some harsh punishments if you guys cannot interpret this dream and and they they come back to him even though they could create something and create something phony and they tell him king there is nothing we can do about your dream if you can't remember it we can't understand it if we can't interpret it for you And so it was at this time that Nebuchadnezzar was beginning to see through the deception of these people who were trying to present false ideas and false religions before him that they were phonies and that they were people who were not able to do what he truly needed them to do. That at the time he actually needed them, they were not able to perform what they had been able to before this with illusions and lying and witchcraft and all these other things that they had been involved with. And so he says, If ye will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you. For you have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me till the time be changed. Therefore, tell me this dream, and I shall know that you show me the interpretation thereof. Yet, these are ast- astrologers, sorcerers, magicians, all of these people came before the king and said, We cannot interpret your dream. It is not possible. So they simply could not imagine the content of this dream. So Nebuchadnezzar he goes on to say that there is not a man, or they, they tell him there is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord, nor ruler that asked such things at any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. And it is a rare thing that the king requireth and there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. Their excuse to this king is that no king would ask somebody to interpret something that he could not remember. It's kind of an obvious request that no king would say, I want you to interpret this, but this does not exist right now. That's what the king was requiring of them, yet they were telling him, king, there is nothing we can do If you do not have the actual possession that we need to interpret. And so furiously angry, we see that the king commanded all of the wise men of Babylon to be destroyed and killed. He commands every single one of them to be wiped out and their families to be removed from the land. Not only did this include his wise men, but this also included people who were captive of Judah. People like Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So think about this. You're serving the one true God as passionately as you possibly can. Your nation has just been captured by a foreign nation and you are under the rule of a corrupt king who you do not like. And this king has just made a decree that every single person, every single Christian, every single apostolic is to be wiped clean taken care of, killed, because somebody outside of that religion cannot interpret his dream. It sounds like an unfair circumstance, doesn't it? It sounds like, man, if we were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego, maybe we should be trying to escape. How can we dig a hole underneath the fence, or how can we get away from here, build another city elsewhere? How can we get out of this particular circumstance? Yet we see that Daniel did not do that. Daniel did not run from the face. He, did not, he was not fearful of what was going to happen to his people. He trusted in God. And so this Ariach, I, I believe is how you say it, I don't know. He comes to Daniel and Daniel says, why is your decree so hasty from the king to kill all of these people? He's asking this man who was coming to kill him, his friends and the people around him, he's asking this man, how come you're desiring to do this so hastily? And he tells this man not, give me time to escape, but he tells him, give me time to seek God's face. Give me time to pray to God, to work through this circumstance and see if maybe we can change it. Because Daniel began to realize the hundreds of i don't know probably thousands of people that would have been killed at that moment just because this king could not have a dream interpreted that he could not remember so daniel in the face of this says let me desire the mercies of god of heaven concerning this secret let me seek the face of my God in the midst of this circumstance. I'm not going to run and cower before you, Arioch. I'm not going to be worried about this and go home and cry all night long because tonight's my last night alive. But I am going to seek the face of God and allow him to do something with me in the midst of this circumstance. Daniel did not want anybody to perish in this land. So Nebuchadnezzar, he dreams this dream, but Daniel has a vision. Nebuchadnezzar dreams the dream, but Daniel has a vision. When he begins to seek the face of God for this dream that this king has had, he begins to get a vision that God has given to him, which we read about in the scriptures prior to this. I don't have time to go into the dream and the interpretation of all of that here tonight, but you can go back and read it inside of Daniel chapter 2 and see what this dream truly meant at this particular time. What we must get from this is that Daniel was willing to seek the face of God until he had an answer for this monumental circumstance that was going on before him. He says this in Daniel chapter 2 and 27 that the secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers say or show unto the king. So he shows up before the king and he tells the king the same thing that the king has heard up to this moment. He tells the king the same thing that he has heard from all of his other magicians that there's nobody here in this world that can interpret the dream that you have had. Do I have that on Scripture, Sister Carnian, or not? I typed in some extra ones. That's Scripture. It's the next slide of Scripture, Daniel chapter 2 and 27. Okay, so he goes to the king and he tells him this. But then he uses the word, but. He says, but there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. And he makes known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Daniel not only doesn't run from fear, but he has a vision of God. And he's unashamed to go before the king and tell this king the vision that he has received from God. What powerful circumstances we can see. What a powerful witness before a king at this current time. We see that there is always going to be frauds in our world who pretend to have supernatural gifts and the ability to interpret and the ability to tell you what is going on with your life. Today there are so many around us, I can't even begin to give you a list of all the things around us and all the supernatural powers of the people who claim to have prominence in our lives and direction for us. Yet we understand as apostolics that they are not the ones who can truly guide and direct and interpret our lives for what they need to be. That sometimes we're going to go through some things that just do not make sense. That God may ask us to go a certain direction and we say, God, but it doesn't look like that's going to work out or work for the good in the end. Why are you asking me to go that direction? But God knows, he knows what's going to happen with your particular circumstance And so I related this recently here that when we were in the nation of, of, of Haiti, in that country there, we would drive around. And as we were driving around, you could easily see these houses of voodoo that were along the side of the road that they, they were they were significant they would have all these painted colors around them they would have things hanging from the outside different bones different um, i mean things written on the walls it was so easy to pick these houses out of these houses of witchcraft and voodoo as you were driving around the communities inside of that country but then you come to America and you're driving around our streets and you don't have houses that are just easily painted like that with voodoo or witchcraft or those sort of things upon them. But, but it, there are things that are alive and well here, supernatural forces that want to convince us that God's way is not the right way. There's things that want to tell us that going through what God wants us to go through is not the way to go because it's it might cost you all of your money. It might cost you your household. It might cost you certain things inside of this life that to people out there does not make sense. But to us who read this scripture and understand that God has a purpose for every part of our lives, we can be like Daniel. And instead of running in fear in the midst of tough circumstances, we can say, God, I I know you are here. I trust your presence is guiding me and you can help me through whatever I am going through. God begin to not only guide me, but use me to reach somebody else inside of my world. Daniel was used to reach the most powerful man that was alive at that particular time physically, the most powerful man at that particular time. And we see that he was able to do that because he overcame these people who were trying to be frauds around him and were trying to exemplify themselves as spiritual or holy unto whatever they might have called spiritual or holy at that particular time. And so we must understand that it is no marvel there are those who practice deceit around us. Because Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light in 2 Corinthians. We see that he himself shows himself as light like Jesus is. However, when you begin to tap into that light, you quickly realize that this is not the one true light that we need inside of our lives in Jesus' name. So Nebuchadnezzar's dream illustrated the fakery of those who practice curious arts. It illustrated how fake these things around us can be. That people can say that they have everything that you need for your life. Yet, if they don't have the presence of God in the midst of that interpretation, then it is useless. It is something that is not going to help us. It is something that we should quickly pass over to get to Scripture and understand everything I want in my life needs to be founded upon this here. Everything I desire needs to be founded upon the Scripture before me. Every situation, every bit of advice that I get needs to be founded upon the Scripture. And if any of it disagrees with the Scripture that is before me or what my pastor is telling me, then I need to quickly avoid that because it is something that is going to fall through and cause me to fall into a pit that I never wanted to be in in the first place in Jesus' name. So let me bring you some hope tonight. You ready, Sister Nicole? All right. Let's read some scripture. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. (laughs) Amen. And then somebody else? Man, And then somebody else. You can choose somebody? Yeah. There we go. For I for our sins, according to the yes. Thank Jesus. <laughs> yes. Verse number four. There we go. Yeah. amen isn't that some good news some strong stuff that says man i want to i want to have a piece of that the news around us, I mean, they're saying all sorts of crazy things. And I mean, we could just sit here and, and begin to, to dwell upon what life has brought us and the situations we're going on and the situations in the world and what's going to happen tomorrow and who knows and all that sort of stuff. But then you begin to read this and say, man, Jesus died, He was buried, and He rose again for every single one of us in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter if our country is overturned, it doesn't matter if Wyoming begins to become its own country inside of the United States. It doesn't matter if we begin to have pressure put upon us as Christians because Daniel began to exemplify to us that if we trust in the scripture that was spoken to us, if we have faith in this word that is before us, it doesn't matter what type of pressure begins to be put upon us as apostolics, but we know that Jesus still died and was buried and rose again for every single one of our sins. In Jesus' name, that we can live in victory in who He is, and we can stand before the kings of this world around us and begin to proclaim my goodness. I serve a God, a King that can interpret your dream, and He can make your life so much better in Jesus' name. I think we see it all the time: people walking around in this world, confused about what is going on with their lives. I know depression is a very real thing that. Suicide is a very real thing inside of our world, and, and sometimes it does need to be treated by doctors, but I believe in a lot of those circumstances, it's because people have never experienced Jesus, that they're experiencing a lot of these things that they are, because an angel or, or, or Satan inside of this light comes to them and says, you can get your, your, your good feelings from money and from cars and from these things around you, or having all these wives, or whatever it may be, he begins to present these things as light yet people haven't found the true source of light. And when people do begin to break through that 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 darkness there to see the true source of light, then my goodness, that hope begins to fall in a world that needs it in jesus name so you can see that we can stand and proclaim this in the world around us and it will change atmospheres it will change things around us and you have the ability to proclaim these scriptures just like these men who wrote them in jesus name so let's read another scripture that can get us excited about god's kingdom let's see you want to choose somebody brother the pastor The pastor. all right yes Yes. Um, oh, uh right. Yes. For if the word were spoken by angels was so fast every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense the of their border. Yes. Sony else. Carlos. All right. How shall we escape if we neglect to if we neglect so great salvation which at the first Amen. One more, yes. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Amen. The scripture is again telling us that these things are alive and well before us, so it's our job to begin to proclaim them and to speak them to the world around us, to not be intimidated by things around us, to not be intimidated by Satan or his kingdom. He's the least of our worries in so many different ways. But when we overcome our flesh and who we are and we begin to proclaim what God has given to us inside of Scripture... That's when we begin to see our world turned upside down. We see that Jesus' ministry included the last words that he spoke to his 11 apostles. And we understand that he wanted to show them that that everything he had done, this miraculous, was something that could change the world around us. And that now it wasn't just him that was going to do the Miraculous, but it was people like you and I that would begin to see the miraculous occur around us as we lived inside of this world, just like Daniel. I'm going to read this scripture just so that we can continue forward. But these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues they will take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it will not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover so then after the lord had spoken unto them he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of god and they went forth and preached everywhere the lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following these apostles were given this mandate, but they began to take it. They didn't just let it sit dormant inside of their hearts, but they began to take it and proclaim it to their coworkers, to their friends, to their family, that there's a Jesus who wants to see you resurrected. There's a Jesus that he wants to show you his life. He wants to show you peace and joy inside of your life. He, they began to take this message, and not only that, but when they saw somebody who was sick, they began to walk up to them and said hey man can I pray for you because I believe that God can heal you in Jesus name and they would pray for that person they were not scared about the devils that were before them or around them or trying to surround them because they understood the power of Jesus Christ that was alive and well inside of their lives we see that they were willing to go out and do this and let me remind you that this was before they were baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost as we are today. It was before they had the gift that we now have today that will supercharge us and give us an interpretation more so than they had at this particular time. Let me show you something else that they had. It says Jesus gave the 12 power against unclean spirits to cast them out to heal all manner of sicknesses and all manner of disease before he gave them the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils freely ye have received so freely give it back to this world we see that jesus sent 70 out two by two saying heal the sick and the 70 return, saying lord even the devils are subject unto us through your name they came back celebrating and praising him and saying jesus this is amazing what we have inside of our lives we want to go and see the world change as a result of what we have what if we began to get that same hunger deep down inside of us of saying man I enjoyed Wednesday night Bible study. I felt the power of God there. I was freed from everything that I had brought into that place in Jesus' name. But you know what, that's not where it ended because Thursday morning, I went into work and I saw people who needed that same message inside of their lives. So I began to live out what the pastor was speaking about that night. And before these people, that light that was inside of me began to shine inside of their lives as well. And pretty soon, deep, dark circumstances became something that glorified God and began to lift up his name in Jesus' name. We do not have to fear what is before us like Daniel, but we can trust that God's message will not return void when it is brought into our community. It will go forward and it will change kingdoms around us in Jesus' name. We see that Jesus finished this message to the 70 by saying this, I give to you power to tread on these serpents and the scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Think of that. Everything that Satan can throw at you or this world, God has given you the power to walk on top of that. You should not be intimidated by Satan by any means. He has no power or ability to control you. You just have to trust in Jesus and he will take care of the rest inside of your life nothing shall by any means hurt you this isn't necessarily talking physically but it's saying nothing shall by any means hurt you physically or spiritually notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you but rather rejoice because your names are written in the book of heaven Rejoice because you're going to a place where you're going to be able to celebrate all day long and you're no longer going to have tears or hunger for food or worry about what tomorrow is going to bring because it's going to be a jubilee every single day of your life. This is what Jesus was telling these people, that you have all of this power to tread on top of all this darkness that's inside of your world, but that's not even the greatest thing. There's one day you're going to spend with me every single day in Jesus' name. That is what he has given to you to proclaim to this world That is what he has given to you to walk about in this world and say, man, I am an apostolic of God. I am a person of his name. These things are subject to me, but more so than that, I get to live side by side with Jesus Christ on a daily basis. And I know and I talk to him and I understand him in Jesus' name. Can we lift our hands tonight and just thank him for that message tonight, God? I am so thankful, God, for that hope that you have given to every single person In this place, Lord, we rejoice in the midst of this, God, that we can walk out of this service tonight and every darkness is under our feet, God. We can tread on top of that, Lord, but more so we rejoice, God, that we can go to heaven with you, God, and we can speak these things and rejoice, God, that others will go with us through your name, God. I am thankful for what you are speaking tonight. Let that Continue forward, Jesus, and let us see that with clear eyes tonight in who you are. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. What a wonderful God he is. And so he has given us these things, talking about the day of Pentecost that we're going to be celebrating here. You can see why it's a holiday that we can begin to get a little bit excited about in Jesus' name. Because it's more than just a storybook that we begin to read, but it is something that's alive and well around us here today. We must act in faith and operate in the gifts that God has given to us every single day. We see the spiritual gifts that God has given each of us. As every man hath received the gift, I don't know what this, it's not there. As every man hath received the gift, even so ministered the same way to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. We see first here that every believer has received a gift. You may be sitting here tonight and saying well what is my gift and hopefully i can answer that question for you or allow god to answer that question for you by the end of this here tonight but every person in this room every believer has received a gift of god if you were baptized your sins have been washed away if you've been infilled with the holy ghost you have that power behind you and what you do if you have a Bible in front of you, you have a book that tells you mil- a million and one gifts that you can be involved in yes. in Jesus' name. But we see that this word sometimes refers to the five-fold ministry, but in reality, it shouldn't just be included with just the five-fold ministry. Second, we see that some gifts will involve speaking, that sometimes people are called to stand before uh, behind a platform like this and speak to people some gifts like prophecy teaching exhortation the word of wisdom word of knowledge diverse kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues are all gifts that involve speaking or proclaiming things to people around us but some gifts are characterized by ministry These gifts include, but are not limited to, ministry, giving, ruling, mercy, healing, miracles, discerning of spirits, apostles, helpers, governments, and pastors. I know that that is not an extensive list again, but it begins to give you an idea of maybe a gifting or a calling that God might have put upon your life to begin to use inside of this world. These giftings, I know that we spoke about the power of those scriptures just a few minutes ago, but no matter what your gifting is, if you begin to use it unto Jesus, that power can be just as much involved as your gifting, as somebody who might be standing behind the platform proclaiming to hundreds of people. It can be something that begins to glorify the kingdom of God. I recently heard this story, and I was trying to remember all of it, but I, I couldn't quite from uh, the services that we were at in Rollins, Wyoming. And the pastor there was speaking. Uh, I think it was him that, or a friend of his that he came to his church, and it was like 5 o'clock in the morning. He had forgot something before a trip, and he walked into his church to, to grab something, and he heard or he saw that there was a light in the bathroom. And so he walks to this bathroom because there's a light on Inside of that bathroom. And as he begins to walk to that bathroom, he begins to hear somebody whistling inside of the bathroom. And he's thinking, what on earth is going on in the bathroom at five o'clock in the morning? Why is somebody in the bathroom with the light on at five in the morning? This is the church. They shouldn't be using this bathroom at five o'clock in the morning. So on and so forth. So he goes there. And he finds this man who is a doctor inside of his church, makes plenty of money every single day, you know, for, for his household and everything else. But this man, he, he, he comes out and, and the pastor asks him, what are you doing here, doctor, at five o'clock in the morning cleaning the bathroom? And he says, well, I have to be to work at 630 and this is the only time I can come down here to begin to impact the church. This is the only way I know how I, I, I can't do anything else, but this is what I have been called to do, to come down here and make sure these bathrooms are spotless before people begin to arrive. So three times a week, Pastor, I come down here to clean the church so that it looks magnificent. Nobody knew, nobody had an idea that he was doing this, but he knew that that was his gifting where he needed to be involved in to impact his local church. And he began to do it every single week, three times a week, getting up over an hour and a half early to make sure that it would happen. He could have sat back and said, no, that's not what my calling is i meant to do something more famous or popular than that. I'm a doctor. I'm educated. I have knowledge of all these things. I should be in that position. But instead, he said, I, it is me who is meant to clean the bathrooms in the church. We all have giftings and callings that God has given to us. And it does not mean that those who have primarily a speaking gift are not serving, nor does it mean that those who have a serving gift will never speak when they use their gift. But what it means is that we must involve both inside of our lives. For instance, the gift of teaching will usually be exercised by speaking, but it may also be expressed by writing, singing, or in other ways. It doesn't mean that we just stand behind and speak to begin to let our gifts come to pass. But sometimes we must begin to recognize that God has given us something much smaller than proclaiming this in front of hundreds of people. There is no gift of preaching that is spoken about inside of Scripture. I know this may shock you, and sometimes I think we get the idea that if we are not preaching, then we are not doing what God called us to do. That the ultimate gift of God is to be preaching behind a platform. Let me tell you, if I can be honest with you, this is not the best place to be. When you stand behind here, you begin to face things, you begin to see challenges, you begin to deal with circumstances, you begin to have so much more that it would be so easy for my flesh to say, I would love to vacuum floors so much more so than standing behind here some nights not because of you all please don't take that wrong it is not because of you all but there are things that begin to be faced up here preaching isn't all that it is chogged up to be But there are some gifts when you're out there reaching a person one-on-one inside of a Bible study and you begin to see their life change and you're saying, man, thank you, Jesus, for what you did in the midst of that. I may have taken two hours out of my week, but I know God investing in that person was something incredible. There is no gift of preaching that is mentioned inside of Scripture. However, the Greek word kirgama means proclamation. That what preaching truly is, is a proclamation to people. That we can be preachers, not just by standing behind a platform, but we can be preachers by going in this world and living what we know to be true inside of Scripture, by showing people that there is joy and peace and proclaiming that to the world around us. It doesn't mean that we begin to stand on the tables and yell it, but we live it out proclaiming it on a daily basis that, man, if I am going through something, I want to tell my coworkers I'm praying about this. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I am praying about this I don't know what's going to happen in my life but I am praying about it and I trust in God and you wouldn't believe what that will begin to do to them and show them inside of their lives that man there is a powerful God behind this person there is something that is different about them seeking God rather than going to the bars or the clubs on the weekend to begin to cover up my, what might be happening inside of their lives And so proclamation can happen through many different means but teaching singing talking writing exercising spiritual gifts so on and so forth in the world around us we can be preachers and have the gift of god inside of our lives do you remember what we read inside of the scripture there with the 70 or or even before that a little bit actually that what god has freely given to us we are to freely give the world around us. He's freely given us these things in here not just so that we can have incredible lives, but so that we can give it to somebody else and show them that they can have the same thing that we are living with inside of our lives. It's a gift that God has given to you here tonight, the ability to freely give what God has given to you. So with the idea of gifts in mind, we must identify the gifts that God has given to us and act in faith to exercise these gifts. Think about Daniel in the story that we read here tonight. He identified that he knew the God who could answer this, this dream that this king had had. He identified and thought about that first instead of, man, I need to escape from this land and what is going on here. He said, you know what? There's a way that all of these lives can be saved if God will step in and begin to work here. And he says, I think I have a gift that can begin to be used. And so Daniel sought God and said, God, if you have a gift for me in this circumstance, what is it? What can you do for us in this land, God? Help me with this king's dream. What am I to speak to him? What am I to interpret to him? God, I need you in the circumstance that I am in the midst of right now we must identify those gifts but then act in faith just like Daniel did he was given the gift the vision of that dream and then he began to act in faith and he said I'm going to bring this to the king and show the king the one who can truly interpret a dream that the king can't even remember himself was actually his dream praise God When the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, those who were baptized with the Spirit were enabled to prophesy and to experience visions and dreams given by the Spirit in Jesus' name. They saw incredible things happening in the environments around them, and it is very much alive and well in the world today. It's in this church at this altar that we have seen people healed, colors changed and broken hands. People revived from various circumstances that they should have, have never been revived from in Jesus' name. It's inside of this church that we have seen people speak in other languages that we cannot interpret or understand. But God knows very well and alive what they are. This stuff that happened many, many years ago is still alive and well inside of our lives today today. And I absolutely walk out of here believing that even if I'm involved in a physical accident or a physical crash and my physical body is hurt, that spiritually there is nothing that can hurt me or harm me or take me down. Take me away from the kingdom of God or his presence or what he has done for me. And we can rest assured in that, that heaven is a promise unto every single one of us if we decide to live by his word and what he has called us to do in this world around us. God says this, he says, For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is God that works inside of you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2 and 13 there. God gives us desires to will. And second, he gives us abilities to do. We have to will something we begin to get excited about. And then we've got to do something about what he has given for us inside of our will. So there are three clues as to what God has gifted you to do. Let me ask you three questions here tonight, and hopefully this might help you to understand what God has gifted you to do in the world around you. Number one, what do you desire to do? What do you desire to do, or what gifts interest you? What do you desire to do? to do number two what are you able to do what are you able to do you can begin to think about things you desire to do but then what are you actually able to do with what you desire to do and third last but not least what do other believers recognize as God's gift to you What do other believers recognize as God's gift to you? Let me clarify these questions here tonight. If you are interested in a gift but are unable to exercise it, that is probably not the gift that God has given to you. If you are interested in a gift and think you are exercising it, but others have not recognized it, then it is probably not your gift. Whether your gift or gifts may be, whatever your gift or gifts might be, you will not be the only one who begins to recognize it or know it inside of your life. That is why it is essential to have a pastor inside of this church, that if you begin to feel something, you can begin to ask him and say, Pastor, I'm feeling this right now. What do you think about it? what do you feel about this? And, and and probably his answer is going to be, well, let's pray about it. Let's seek it out over the next few months. And if it begins to grow into something, then maybe that's a gift that God has given to you to begin to use. And there is nothing wrong with trying out certain areas of your life of saying, man, maybe God's leading me to, to reach the, the homeless community over here. And so you begin to, to go down that path and maybe things just don't work out as well as you thought they would. And it seems like th- th- maybe it's just not what it needs to be. So you, you kick it in reverse and say well maybe that's not the gifting that god has asked me to do and maybe it's something over here you can begin to look at these different areas and explore some of them but do so safely don't just begin to go out there right away and say man i am called to be you know something big or whatever i'm called to preach north american youth congress if you walk out there there is your first day in church and you say man i'm called to preach north american youth congress Maybe you are. Maybe God has called you to do that, but let's let that grow a little bit and begin to become something before we begin to proclaim that, that before us. Think about Joseph and, and what happened to him when he began to proclaim something. Even though he knew that God was going to work through it, he proclaimed something a little bit too early on and it got him into some trouble in the midst of that time frame there. So we have to be careful sometimes that when god does begin to give us a gift we just don't get the the bigger hat sizes Uh, we said sunday night and sunday morning and that sort of stuff but we don't get the bigger hat size and say well this is who i'm meant to be this is my gifting but instead we humbly accept it and say god let's begin to let this uncover itself let's begin to let this grow and if you do it that way Let me tell you, it is so much more exciting when somebody comes up to you and says, man, I've been seeing this inside of you. There's something inside of you that's beginning to grow in this area of your life and you're thinking, man, that's what God just told me and this guy just came up and began to confirm it and now I feel like I'm actually going down the right path of what needs to happen. But that could never happen if you're proclaiming it early on because if you are, then that person could just come up and proclaim what you just proclaimed, if that makes sense. So if we let God do it the way that he wants to do it, and we seek our pastor out in confidence and confidence and that sort of thing, then we can let God begin to grow something in us in numerous areas of our lives in Jesus' name. So to finish this out tonight, I want to say this, that we must identify the gifts that God has given, act in faith to exercise those gifts, but first of all, do not neglect the gift that God has given to you. Do not neglect what God has given to you. If he's given you the Holy Ghost, don't neglect it. Don't shut it down for weeks at a time, but let it open up every single day of your life. If he has given you promises in scripture, don't shut them down for weeks at a time, but open them up every single day of your life. Scripture in 1 Timothy 4 says, "...neglect not the gift that is in you, which was given to thee by the prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery." He's telling Timothy at this time, Timothy, you were giving something incredible inside of that church service last week. Don't neglect it, but use it every single day. Don't let it die out as those scriptures we read before this, but begin to passionately seek God with what he has placed inside of your hands we see that the holy spirit will not force these gifts to work inside of you because you are not some puppet puppet these are gifts but it is possible for you to grieve the spirit by resisting his promptings over and over and over again so that brings us to the second point tonight on this that we must stir up the gift that is inside of us we must stir up the gift that is inside of us. We need to not neglect it and we need to stir it up and begin to let it become alive and well on a daily basis. He says this Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. How do you stir up the gift? You do this by acting on the promptings of the Holy Spirit. If you begin to feel that maybe God is calling you to lay hands on the sick and see them healed, then when you walk into a grocery store and God says, lay hands on that person or ask if you can pray for them, you probably shouldn't just walk up and put your hands on them, but you walk up and you ask if you can pray for them, and if they say yes, you pray for them in Jesus' name. If God begins to prompt you to do that, don't be surprised when you begin to that maybe that's the gift that god has given to you at that particular circumstance stir it up let it become active inside of your life that's how you begin to use it and let that motion begin to move forward inside of your life and after you pray for that first person and you see something happen you can walk away with strength and courage and and know that the next person man I can do this again that when God tells me this next one's going to need prayer just as much in Jesus name and this next one's going to be need prayer and whatever your gifting might be let God prompt you and listen to the prompts inside of that moment if you just feel called to be a prayer warrior inside of your household listen to God even in the we're going to tell a story here but even midst of making a meal or in the midst of doing something be willing to listen to God that you need to fall down on your knees at that exact moment and begin to pray for a circumstance around you even if you don't know what that circumstance is in Jesus name these things are very easy to begin to get involved in I think sometimes we think, man, if you know God's calling me to heal people, I'm gonna have to walk up and pray for them for twenty minutes. And if they're not healed, then man, we'll take a break and then pray for them for another twenty minutes, and I just don't have all that time inside of my life. But if we realize the faith that we have in God. That it's really meant to be so much quicker than that. That if God says pray for that person, man, we can walk up to them, pray for them. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out prayer, but it could be something very quick. Jesus, you said that you could heal this person. I believe it can happen in Jesus' name. You begin to lay hands on them, let that faith begin to work, and it is God that begins to do it. It's not by your cunning words that it begins to happen, but it's by your faith that you are speaking into that circumstance in Jesus' name. So don't be discouraged by that. I know that there are times to intercede and travail and to spend time in the presence of God, but a lot of this is meant to just begin to happen very quickly as we're walking through life. So it's just natural. We get in our car, man, we feel led to pray for something. Jesus, I believe you can impact that right now through the power of your name, and I'm going to pray that in faith. And you pray that, I believe that, that, that God will listen and he will honor that in Jesus' name listen to the promptings that he has given to you don't neglect them but stir them up and let them become alive and well in jesus name that is how we're going to flip this community upside down around us it is how we're going to survive these perilous and changing times around us because we're going to know and trust in the one true god god has blessed you with all of the equipment that you need to accomplish these purposes and it remains only for you to use this equipment that he has provided for you in your life. As I finish this out tonight, let me give you a testimony of how this can actually work. Karen Bernard Hatcher shares the following story. It illustrates the genuine work of the Holy Spirit in revealing life-saving information. This may be an example of spiritual gifts of the word of knowledge at work. She says this, "'My dad was drafted and served in the Korean War. He was, and as I told it, a corporal doing a sergeant's work but getting a private's pay. He led convoys of supplies up to the front lines and back. One day he was addressing the troops and suddenly he felt the need to sit down. It was strange since he was giving orders at this particular moment. Nevertheless, he obeyed that inner voice and he sat down.' Just as he did, a bullet whizzed through and sliced through the fabric in the tent that they were in. When he stood back up and measured, the bullet would have gone right through his temple had he not sat down at that moment. Unbeknownst to him, at the very same time, his sister, my aunt, was at home cooking supper. She felt a strange need to stop what she was doing and to pray for her brother who is my dad she argued a bit with that impression on her soul and it was time for her husband to get home from work and in the 1950s at least the wife needed to have supper hot and on the table when the husband walked inside the door she surrendered turned the fires off she went into the bathroom locked the door and prayed until she felt a release When she wrote to my dad and gave the date and time of her prayer, he calculated the time difference between Louisiana and South Korea and realized she was praying for him at the exact moment that he sat down. Listen to the voice of God deep in your heart. God knows what is going on in the world, and your prayers ultimately If we could stand tonight, just let this settle upon every single one of us. I believe that there are giftings in this place that God has called every one of us to go into this world around us and let those giftings be active and alive and well and just believe and understand the Holy Ghost is upon you to let that happen in Jesus name. Let's lift our hands tonight, God, I am so thankful for what you have done in this place God it has been so powerful and overwhelming the promises that your scripture has given to every one of these God I am believing that they will walk out of this places God treading on those scorpions heads God knowing that we can overcome and we have victory being apostolic people for your name Jesus I believe that you will give them the passion and the desire God to take those gifts and not neglect them but stir them up God inside of their soul jesus to see others around them reach and changed by the power of your word god we act that how god we let that begin to happen inside of this community god because it is not by our power not by our might but it is by yours jesus that depression begins to lift god that this community begins to change for your name and for your kingdom it is through you god and we give you the glory and the honor for every one of that tonight in jesus wonderful name amen and amen if you're confident in that let's just praise his name one last time and give him the praise for who he is we thank you jesus for all praise your mighty name god we praise your mighty name, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your wonderful name, God. Praise your wonderful name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go forward this week as Daniel. Don't let situations uh, become fearful in your life or intimidating but understand God is with you. Have a wonderful week in Jesus' name. We'll see you on Sunday in Jesus' name.